and we're going to grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians. God bless the Sunday school class as they go. They're dismissed, and uh, well, God bless them. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4, we do appreciate everybody just just obeying God today. It's always decent and in order to obey God and let God work. Amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate those just... uh, just uh, yield into the presence of God today, and I pray that you just continue to pray that we can have direction, that we can have the anointing of God, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about that this morning. Good to see everybody here. Amen, amen. Ephesians 4, what a great chapter this is. We uh, probably will come back to it a little bit later, but want to just take one verse out of it. Before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you again for just... Your beautiful presence here today, Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, as we just draw near to you, you would just continually just guide us and direct us, Lord. God, there's so much in this world that binds us. There's so much in this world that affects us and and and, and just burdens us, God. But there is liberty in your presence. And I pray, God, that that, Lord, through your word, you said, Lord, your truth would make us free, God. And, Lord, we ask you to do that today. Help us, Lord. Give us understanding. Give us direction, God. And just minister, minister through your word, God, for your glory. We love you. We praise you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Ephesians 4, let's just read verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed Unto the day of redemption. God bless you. You can be seated. A lot can be said about the spirit and the presence of God. Amen. We already mentioned the liberty that is in his presence. Amen. Bible talks about in his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. The more than just the understanding the head knowledge as it's been said so many times of who God is but to walk in his spirit to be led by his spirit amen so important to the word of God I feel like in so many instances it's even been asked me just you know when we come around is it going to be uh more of kind of a word church a, a doctrine church if you will a teaching church or is it a a, a spirit church and a a, 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 a letting god uh, worship and and praise kind of church and and i'm always just the same way i'm like i, I you know what uh, do you want cake or ice cream and i'll just say yes <laughs> Don't be so narrow-minded. Amen. We quoted it earlier from John, the fourth chapter. Jesus said, they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. You don't have to pick and choose. In fact, I'll tell you what, if you let God's spirit lead, he'll lead you right by the word of God. And if you get into the word of God, you're going to see his spirit and it's going to show up over and over and over again. Not only on the pages, but in your life. Amen. We talked about his liberty and, and, and that joy and the power that is in his presence. Amen. The, the, the power to, to set the captives free. The power to loose the bands of wickedness. The power to, to bring healing to that broken hearted. Amen. 
this world I see so often, I know you can get frustrated and, and, and upset, but there's, it's full of broken people that have been let down and have been hurt by the very things that were put in place to be a strength and a comfort and a help. Amen. Amen. They've been, they, they have been truly bruised down inside and, and, uh, you see a lot of people just trying to deal with it and cope with it and say, what's wrong with them? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with them. Everything that was wrong with me before Jesus got a hold of me. And God, God loves and desires to show up. Bible talks about how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. This is more than just a routine, a ritual, a tradition. This is allowing God's presence to do just what he wants to do. He loves to have fellowship with his creation. He's a good father. He cares about his children. I've sat in places, maybe waiting to get my hair cut or different places uh, in a break room somewhere and jobs and factories and all kind of things. And I've seen some of the most rough and rugged men just uh, that you might imagine sit there and say, you know, you think my kids could just call me once in a while <laughs> and see it just true sadness. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't you think God feels that way sometimes? God desires. This is his whole plan, his whole purpose. From the very beginning, he's given us choice, but it's his desire to remove everything that separates us from him. So that he can have fellowship. I tell you time and time again, one of the most beautiful things when you go to the book of Revelation, I know you all get so so wound up and, and, and so preoccupied with, with evil and antichrist and, and the beast and all that. But how about almighty God that says, I will dwell among them and they shall be my people now and they I will be their God. Hallelujah. The spirit of prophecy, the word of God says, is the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's a God that wants to walk with us. Amen. Amen. Uh, the world has a lot of self-help and a lot of good things in, in, in their place, but, but it leaves us empty looking for that connection with, with our Father. Amen. Even the best of friends can't give you what you really need because that friendship that God tells the church we are that have that ministry of reconciliation going out there and just bringing people into that right relationship with him. He wants to do what we can't do. He wants to not only just have that fellowship, but he wants to to heal and 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 build us up and bring the change. A lot of the things that that you struggle with, you just need to go ahead and own it and say, you know what? I'm tired of that. Lord, I need you to help me. I've heard a lot of people say, you know what? Well, God, uh, I've been like this for a long time. God moving in can change things. Amen. Sometimes he does it pretty quickly. Sometimes he can change the, 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 the nature of, of that brokenness so beautifully. It's called a miracle. And God's good at doing them. He wants to show up. And not only that, when you see him showing up, he's not just kind of hanging out. He's doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil. So a lot can be said about about his spirit and, and and about his presence and about his power. But something that I feel like is so important to this day that people who 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 claim to know it, claim to understand and 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 let it operate, let me say, in their lives. In a day like today that can only be characterized as what the word says, 
Men shall be lovers of their own selves. We are looking at what God can do for us. Come into church and so preoccupied about how I'm doing, how I feel, what I need. Amen? Say, what's wrong with that? There's nothing really wrong with it, but stop a moment and think about God's feelings. You really want to do well with God, you think about what God... God's not some kind of impersonal force. Amen. Amen. He's a God who's a father and a friend and walk with you. Amen. And a modern falseness of, of church tradition today is that God just is there kind of a, uh, you know, that... That one that's just always going to support and, and help no matter what. And I can just be a, a, a brat, if you will. And he's just going to smile and say, oh, that's my kids. The Bible says don't grieve the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I feel like we quoted it earlier in just some of the worship and some of the exhortation the bible talks about how he is touched he's not a god who is afar off he's not a high priest who is disconnected from us and cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities that means he cares about our weaknesses he cares about where we struggle amen and he is actively working to to help us, to heal us, to deliver us, to break the chains, to make us free. So that we can understand that joy, that peace, that power of, of his presence. That we don't have to live with the shackles of past uh, things that people have said about us and condemnation that, and, and failures. But that God can truly liberate us in our minds and in our spirits. But as God is seeking to do all that, the Bible very clearly tells us, the church, and we'll make that very clear, and I'm going to make it even more clear here in a bit, tells his people, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The word grieve really means to sadden. Amen. I don't know how often. I, I know... I, I know I've tried to convey it over and over again, but I, I do feel like the people that sometimes need God to move for them the most don't recognize that when we harden our hearts, when we kind of stiff arm the spirit of God and, 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 and don't let him just help us. It's, it's, it's not like it is that we, like a child, are in the presence of a loving parent and just constantly here what's wrong let me help you why are you like this i can i can i've I've been where you are i've walked in your shoes and 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 i'm fine i said i'm fine and 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 put on a a face that's not convincing anybody amen the bible says jesus who is the same yesterday today and forever amen we believe he was the healer he's still a healer we believe he was a deliverer. He's still a deliverer. We believe he was a savior. He is a savior. And Isaiah 53 tells us he is a, is a man of grief, acquainted with sorrow. 
You can break God's heart. Amen. You can sadden, affect with sadness. Praise God. Now, I know what a lot of people think that, uh, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to generalize. I mean, this whole world is his creation, and he sees every, every one, every, every man, woman, and child. He sees what uh, they are capable of, as a good father does. He, he cares about everyone. Amen. But there's just something about when we start walking with him and loving him and welcome him into our lives. Amen. That we, we have to recognize not only as individuals in church and in our lives and in our homes that we can grieve God. But also as a church. That if we feel of ourselves so self-important that God, you know, I know you really want to help so-and-so, but I've got things to do here. I've got important things to say. It's not so important when you get over yourself and let God have his way. God lead. Amen. A lot of times, let me get back to what I was saying. We look at this world and we see all the sin, you know, where we can point the finger out there. And we are looking at specific things that they're saying and doing and, and saying, that's sin, that's sin. And you're right, you're right. But I'll tell you where it really affects God. It affects him in his home more than anything else. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter, if, if you do take your time and read through that, it's a lot there that is pretty... Pretty stern, really, and and I don't really want to get off track too much into this, but recognize he, he's talking about sin and, and uh, some sin that's going on right there in his house, in the church. Right. Amen? Amen? Now, he said there's uh, a lot of folks in this world doing a lot of different things that are sinful. But he says in verse 12, if I can just pull that out of there, and you want to read the context of it, I welcome you to do that. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not you judge them that are within. There is an understanding that that if you look at the types and the shadows of of the Old Testament, that holy place, that's what the temple was called. The place in the temple where his spirit dwelled. Amen. And uh, it was called the holy place. And it was special. God's presence dwelled there behind the veil. And we recognize the exciting thing is when Jesus was crucified at the moment of his death, that veil was ripped from top to bottom, signifying that that, that way into the holy place, into the presence of God, has now been made accessible through the blood of Jesus Christ. recognize that God now, well, we talked about it there. Did we talk about it last week? First Corinthians five, maybe you have it there. If you don't turn to it and then just look one chapter over to verse six. I want to read this again. As we look at, we got to recognize he's telling the church this. Know ye not verse nine, chapter six, verse nine. Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Please don't don't kid yourself. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. But you're washed. But ye are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He tells us that that's what we were. And he goes on here in these two chapters. You'll see this idea that, hey, there's going to be some people in your neighborhood. There's going to be some people in your family. Love them. Amen. Amen. Tell them how good it is to be a child of God. Don't have the attitude of a Pharisee, a judgmental kind of attitude that that pushes people away when they come to church. Praise God. Love them. Amen. Because such were some of you. But there's such a difference between someone who needs help, needs deliverance, needs salvation, needs a savior. And what the Bible calls a hypocrite. Amen. If you're struggling, you need to be in church. Amen. If you're here today and you're fighting a battle, you need to be where the help is. Don't ever want folks to feel like, hey, the church doesn't have an open door for, for those that are in need. But once you develop an attitude that says, I'm a Christian and my lifestyle is none of your business. What I do in my own time, and I can partake in in uh, in st- any kind of uh, of role in the church. To hey, that's why people say those people are hypocrites. Right. Amen. Right. That's why people say I can't. You know, I, I know I've I've been filled up with a lot of uh, of bad excuses for not coming to church. And I always tell people, you know what? You think there's hypocrisy in church? You know, we're going to try to help them. Right. Amen. Just get your eyes off of them. But the difference is when we portray that, hey, you can be free. You can have victory. You can you can have a new life, be a new creature in Christ. Old things will pass away. Amen. The scandals we talked about recently and the the. The things that have been uncovered sometimes in pulpits and ministries and it is a shame. You can say the grace of God, the grace of God. Hey, hey, it's not about Jesus had harsh words for hypocrisy. If somebody wants help, we're going to help you. Amen. And the Bible makes it very clear in first Corinthians five that there are some that are without that. Hey, that's it's not our our judgment call, but sometimes that's where it's very, very difficult to be. uh, Be an overseer to be able to to. Try to say with acceptable words, hey, we're here to help you. We don't want to push you away. But you don't need to hold a position if you're not willing to just submit, surrender to God's, God's will in your life. Because we want you to be an example of victory for those that come into the house of God. Jesus, uh, Jesus was so kind and loving to those that were in the in the worst of sins. He didn't overlook it. I mean, we tell you often, he'll tell, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. But the hypocrisy in leadership roles. Amen. 
the hypocrisy of those Pharisees that he would just call them out and, and call them whited tomb sepulchers that are full of corruption. And, and uh, well, praise God, that's, they didn't love him that much, did they? Mark 6, verse 4. When God's Spirit desires to show up, God's Spirit desires to to help you, to minister, to heal. A religious facade will sadden Him. I, I make no uh, apologies about it. I've made it very clear that so often the hardest thing for me is knowing that there's help, knowing that there's healing, knowing that there's victory, and people rejecting that for something that is never going to satisfy them. Amen? And recognizing that's not my personality. That's the personality of Jesus that, that feels that, that sadness, that grief. Look what it says in Mark 6, verse 4. Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor. Everybody honors prophets. There's Jesus. And he's telling, hey, prophets are not without honor. They followed him. The multitudes followed him. But in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Here, the spirit of God was grieved. Because of the familiarity aspect. That they could not get past the idea that they knew the family of Jesus' upbringing. They knew his brothers and sisters. They knew their uh, professions. They knew all the the stories of of their life and the gossip about town. And they, they knew all that. And here comes Jesus, the very answer to everything they needed. You know he shows up with everything you need today. It might not be what you want, but he has what you need today. And if you leave without your needs being met, praise God, that's not on him. But it says he could there do no mighty work. What? What a statement. That almighty God dwelling in flesh, walking physically throughout the streets there, Doing good, healing all that are oppressed to the devil. And he gets around a group that he can do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. And what was the cause of their unbelief? Their familiarity. It was commonplace. Some of the presence of God that was going around here, some of you, 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 you that is so valuable. That is so precious to me. That is, uh, I, I just feel so, so blessed and so privileged to just be a part of something where God can move so freely and, and receive what I need. Other people say, ah, you know, it happens. I've been around that a lot. You know, so-and-so, yeah, they, you know, they used to be a part of that too and get all those goosebumps, but they're not living for God anymore. And so-and-so, this preacher one time, you know, he says, he, he put on a good show too. He's so familiar with it. You know, people, I saw something the other day, came across it online and, and I'm, I don't want to be unfair, but, but uh, you know, people go around and, and kind of stop by and, and, and do the critique, you know, kind of like, like, well, they get four stars, you know, for this, you know, kind of three stars for this and kind of, kind of like they're going to a meal at a restaurant. It, it, church has got to be more than, than service industry. 
and, and, and focusing on, on me, myself and I, but, but God, how do I welcome your presence? How do I, how do I make you feel so, so loved? How do I draw near to you so that you can have your way? So much has been put on. See, there is a way. There is a method like any business practices. There are ways that we can uh, get people in from the community and and try to fill pews. But what we want to do is fill the atmosphere with the presence of God. What we want to do is have a move of God. Amen. What we want to do is have something that will do more than just be a uh, a program of community service, but something that, that the miraculous can happen. The Bible says he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk. There's still somebody in that town said, wow, that was great. Jesus was in town. Ooh, I got a miracle. Can I tell you about it? Uh, maybe some other time. You know, I wasn't really impressed. You know, I gave him probably three and a half stars. And Jesus, I mean, it, it was Jesus, right? There are people that felt that way. Jesus, uh, not, not impressed too much, you know. First Corinthians, uh, the first three chapters kind of deal with that childish, Paul calls it, uh, in his own way, just being babes, uh, lacking spiritual maturity. Some say I'm of Paul. Some say I'm of Peter. Some say I'm of Apollos. And some say, oh, no, I, I'm of Jesus. Man. Can I tell you something? He said, you're, you're carnal. Right. You're looking for something in the personality and the celebrity that, that just does. And, and you're missing the whole point of Christ and him crucified. That the Spirit of God could work in a great way. We've got to consider that maybe God doesn't move like we want him to because we have saddened him. We have grieved the Spirit of God. But there were still a few sick folk that he healed. And he marveled. See that in verse 6, Mark 6? He marveled. This is the reality that a lot of people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about is God's response. God, you know, you, you didn't really do all that for me. And I, I left feeling this way. Did somebody just stop for a minute? Obviously somebody did and went, look at Jesus. Look at him. You see, I want to write this down. He just kind of shook his head. Is there a tear? He's scratching his head, marveling. I wonder what great thought he's thinking. I wonder what amazing just just illustration he's coming up. Maybe another parable we haven't heard. And he's just marveling because of their unbelief. And we went around the villages teaching. You'll find out he goes on. How sad it is that he goes on in this context and says, guys, sometimes that's all you can do. It's to do all you can do. And it's not going to be enough. So you just got to shake the dust off. Amen. Sometimes all you can do is just all you can do. And even God in the flesh couldn't move them to faith. They're going to say a lot of things. They're going to say you don't care. They're going to say you you, you don't do it right. You know, they, they, they got John the Baptist and, you know... 
They had their thoughts about him. They, he didn't move them. Then, they, then I came by and it wasn't good enough either. You know, guys, sometimes you just got to shake your dust off and help those few that you can't help. Right. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter. Verse 1 talks about dead flies in the ointment of the apothecary. The ointment was that perfume. It was that, that beautiful scent that represented the prayers and the worship that go up in the presence of God. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1. And it talks about that ointment that brings that beautiful scent into the room and that our desire is that anointing oil of his presence would through our worship that that he would come down into our into our midst as we lift up that beautiful scent unto him but he says dead flies not something huge really but something little that that when they get into that ointment they cause it to send forth a stinking savor so doth a little folly, foolishness, in him that is in reputation. A little folly, him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. You have a reputation as a Christian, as a child of God. Don't take foolishness for granted and recognize that sometimes we can get so caught up in our own ways and not just learn how to yield to God's presence. Learn how to yield to God's presence. I want to just take a few more moments here and just talk about two things that I feel like if we can really just let God be God. If the church is going to enjoy the presence of God, the power of God, if we are going to let God be God, we've got, we're, he's going to lead us in holiness. Amen. He's going to purify us. We had you there in 1 Corinthians 6, right there at the beginning of Chapter 7, praise God. Actually, it's 2 Corinthians. Forgive me. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's not up to the church to just oppress people with a a list full of rules and regulations. That's foolish. But a walk of holiness, a walk of sanctification is going to be a process that you enter into and you need to yield to God. Sometimes you're going to come. uh, I I don't know. uh, I have no idea really what was happening in some of your hearts and minds here as the Spirit of God comes by. But when you feel like you just got to get on your knees and say, okay, God, I'm listening. Lord, it's me. And here I am. I feel like I, I, I feel that conviction. I feel you lead in me. I feel like there's something in me, God. Is, if there's a, one of those little dead flies, if I've been foolish, God, just take it out of me right now. God, I want to be led by you. Too many people, once they start shouting and dancing and, and, and leaping, and, and, and I believe in all of it. Right. But if you're trying to drown out the spirit of God talking, you're saying, hey, all right. here's something to perfect you. Yes, sir. Right. Here's something. You know, 
self-centeredness, spiritual immaturity is always so evident when we feel like, oh, you know, uh, we talked about it, I think, was it Wednesday night about uh, his his correction, his instruction. It becomes a beautiful thing to somebody who, who maturely understands this is help. It's going to make my life easier when, when he starts cleaning some things out and replacing it with something better. It's going to be better. I'm going to enjoy my life more. I'm going to be blessed in him. He's given me these commandments to be a blessing to me. It's, it's, uh, it's an immaturity. It's a spiritual childishness. Ah, you know, oh, I'm getting picked on. Nobody loves me, and I'm always, it's always me. And that's, that's not God. If we're going to let God lead us, he's going to perfect us. I don't care how long you've been in this. I don't care how long you've been living for God. You never get to a place where you say, okay, God, you are, this is your vessel now. Amen. I want, I, there's something in me that's slipping in me. There's something that's drifting away in me. There's something that, that I've allowed in my life that, that shouldn't be that God, I just want you to be able to put your finger on it. And I want it to be easy for you. I'm not afraid of you taking something away from me. I, I want you to have just lordship over me. So many people, I know, I know, and I try to be so patient because people have been oppressed. People have been um, just, in some sense, really spiritually abused. You know, uh, just uh, uh, a very legalistic tone. It's real. It does happen. Not everybody that claims it is what it really is, but there is a, a, a way that sometimes people just kind of like raising children. They don't disciple them. They don't discipline them. They just shut up because I'm your dad and that's the way it's going to be. Leave me alone now. And just, you never really deal with character. And sometimes that's the way preachers do. I just want it all to look good when company shows up. And so follow this rule. Don't do that and behave rather than Deal with Christian character. And when you come into the presence of God, God's going to deal with that. He's going to get down to the root of the tree. And you just let him. Just let him. Purifying. And, you know, he's, he's always, you know, if you let him, he'll put his arm around you. He'll walk with you and say, no, come on, we can do better than this. Come on, that's not best for you. Aren't you tired of that? Yeah, I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know you can do better. Yeah, I can. Well, come on now. You know, I wanted to do something there for you. I know I didn't. I, I, I pushed you away again. And yeah, you know how I feel when you, I didn't think about that. It makes me sad when you push me away. It grieves me. You know, God is such, I've heard it said this way. I, I can't really tell you a better way to say it, but, but such a gentleman, so polite, if you will. You, you can push God away. Hey, listen to me. It's not going to be that easy next time. You got to make that right. God's, God's not going to come in where he's not welcomed. He's the one who told them just sometimes you do what you do and you, amen. But when you come humbly broken, say, God, I want you to purify me. I want you to be Lord. I want you to cleanse me. Nothing, nothing is out. If it's you, I, I, I'll follow you. Amen. But one other thing, one other thing I want to say to the church here today. When you're coming into his presence, when you're coming into his his glorious power and he's he he is real to you.
and you're submitted to him, you're surrendered to him, everything you know, it, you, it's, it's his. It's, you want, you want him to be Lord and, and you're not holding anything back. You're not running, you're not hiding, you're not fighting, you're just submitted to God. There's another step. It's not an extra step. It's just another step farther that we need to recognize. That as children of God, when we come into his presence and then, and only then, we're not, we're, we're not wanting to be a hypocrite. We're not wanting to put on a show. We're not worried about, about our, our reputation. We're just loving his presence and, and loving what he has done and, and, and receiving. And, and you can leave the church and say, wow, God has helped me. He has blessed me. He did heal me. He did give me victory. He did give me a, a freedom from some things that were, were up. I was up against. There's another step. There's another step. Being able to recognize, wait a minute, you, de- you gave God glory, you worshiped God, you loved him. So what more could be? That's a good church. It is, but there's one more step. Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and you got neighbors. It's where people stumble a little bit. And it is a stumble. It's not extra credit. You got to be willing because when you let God be God, every now and then you're saying, God, I need help. You're probably right. (laughs) It's all right. There's no shame to that. You're probably right. God, I need more of you. You're probably right. Some people don't get the help they need. They don't get the answer that they need, the victory that they need, because sometimes it's not in getting in your little box and saying, okay, God, we're going to do this right. And sometimes God's saying, hey, 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 I know what you need before you ask it. Brother, pray for your brother. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. What if I met? Yep. See, there's a problem there. You, you need to learn how to help minister. You know, Job got victory when he prayed for his friends. Amen. If anybody would have a hard time getting out of their, their, their box, if you will, their box of all the problems and misery and suffering that they're going through, and the Lord says, stop thinking about all the pain you're in right now and pray for these folks. They don't know what problems are. I know, but this is how I'm going to turn your captivity. Sometimes in the midst of what you're going through, God's going to say, minister, to your sister, minister to your brother. Let them know that I'm care for them. Let them know that I'm here for them. Let them know that you're there for them. Are you hearing me? There's another step. There's one more step in this that God, you can use me. Amen. Amen. That you can work through me that I can, that I can stop a moment and, and God's spirit can just, just work. Or sometimes, you know, maybe it's just, you know, forgive me some, uh, might not like this so much, but maybe it's not all that spiritual. And you just say, you know what? I feel like, uh, it's not so much God's presence just urging me because he'll do that. But I just feel like, you know what? I, I, I care about my friend. I'm going to pray with them right now. And, you know, there's times I've called people, times I've reached out to people just because I felt like, you know, they're my friend. Right. Amen. And God works. Oh, God knew. God knew. Yeah, he did. He must have. Right. You start ministering. You start helping. You start blessing. You're going to see you being more blessed than ever. That's how God works. 
That's you start being more like him than you were in your in your holy little prayer box, if you will, because you're reaching out like the God that left the glories of heaven to reach out. Amen. Oh, that's scary. It'll be all right. Oh, you know what? If I do it a certain way, I might fail. You know what? I'd rather fail trying to do something right. With the mercy and goodness of God. Yeah, but somebody might say something. They're probably already saying something. Amen. Don't worry about it. All that's going on in your mind that binds you in that, lay that aside and, and let God be God in your life and see what happens. Don't grieve. Hey, that's what we're talking about. When God's saying, you're the one I want to use. You're the one that has help. You're the one that's going to be my hands and my feet. Don't grieve God. You're the one that's going to bless. You're the one that's going to shine. Don't grieve God and say, uh, it's not that important as long as I'm saved. Mm, that's not that's not God's heart. Amen. Amen. When the spirit of God moves, he's going to perfect his people. But he's also going to work through us. He's going to use us for his glory. And when he starts doing that, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful in my life. Been a lot of, a lot of problems for sure. A lot of mistakes have been made, but God's just been good in spite of all that. And that's what I choose to focus on. Hallelujah. We're living in a day today where so much of the focus is what pleases people. And sadly, a lot of things that are called church are really based on marketing techniques and business practices rather than anointing, welcoming the presence of God. worship service can be worship that welcomes the presence of God and turns into ministry. It just seems so biblical, so much of what God intended it to be. Not a going out and patting ourselves on the back of how good we've sang and how well we know the words, but just how much we interacted with the Spirit of God. There's a God that's reaching out to this generation. There's a God that cares about people. And if we can yield to His presence rather than grieve Him, great things will happen. There's more for this generation. There's more. We've seen some great answered prayers. We've seen some miraculous things happen. And it's only getting started. God's got a purpose for you in this last day, for such a time as this. But it's not going to be through a a regulated routine of, of what pleases us. But it's going to be a yielding to God and letting Him be a Father and a Letting him have be the head of the church. Oh, hallelujah. This altar is open. If you want to come pray, but I'm 
telling you today, God's going to help you. Somebody here today. You're not sure you have forgiveness for your sins. sure you know you've got a home in heaven if something were to happen to you today and you would pass from this life into eternity. You can have that assurance. There's a God who's reaching. This isn't the first time. This isn't the only time he's ever just knocked at your heart's door said, I want to be your Savior. There's mercy for you forgiveness for you. The Bible tells us to repent of our sins. That means to be sorry for the direction your life has been going and tired of tired of running, tired of falling and falling and falling and falling again. But to turn, turn to the cross, turn to Jesus, put your confidence in Him. Him be God in your life. And hear me now. The Word of God tells us that if we repent and we turn to Him, we bury that old life in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will fill you with His Spirit. There is a promise. Jesus called it the promise of the Father. Peter talked about this promise being unto you. Fill you with the power to live a life that is not alone, not in your strength anymore, but in Him. Free. Oh, will you reach out to Him right now? Will you humble yourself and you say, God, I surrender all to You. I surrender all to You. Spirit. God, I don't want to grieve you. Guide me. Guide me, Lord. When I'm going through troubled times, Lord, guide me to 
by your spirit lead me in your will help me Lord I pray Lord to just obey you you want me to to speak you want me to shine you want me to invite you want me to just reach out Lord whatever way Lord help me to be sensitive to your spirit grieve not God's spirit grieve not God's spirit